We take one week off and all hell breaks loose. From an upset Jordan Miles to an unsanctioned Mox, superstars got stuck in Saudi Arabia, leading to an NXT takeover on Fox. The Prince is back. The Fiend goes universal, but how long will his run last? We discuss it all on this episode of the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Media Junkies. You can catch up on all 23 of our previous episodes in our archives. You can also check out the other podcasts that Media Junkie offers, like Rogue Agents, Division 2 Podcast, and our flagship podcast, Fanboy Fight Club. <laughs> by searching for them on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on any podcast app. We're pretty much available on all of them. So please check us out and also leave us a nice review and share us with your fellow wrestling fans because we'd love to grow our audience. But uh, enough about all that. Let's get this started because we are we got a lot to go over. Uh, it's, it's been two weeks since our last episode, so we have a lot to get to. So we apologize for not being on last week, but you know, life happens. I don't apologize for anything. Yeah, whatever. You haven't been on for two weeks, so here. I know. <laughs> so uh, I'm joined tonight by my two co-hosts. I got Kevin, our historian, and of course our snarkitect, Michael. I am, of course, the self-proclaimed voice of media junkie, Jason Hummel. And uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. So uh, since we didn't record last week and so much has happened, both in the ring and out of the ring, uh, I just want to have a few topics. I say a few topics, but it's actually like five or six of those that I, I want to get your guys' reactions to and kind of have some conversations about. So, first of which, as Kevin's coat is shuffling in the oh. background. Sorry, okay, come on. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just not with it. He's a hot mess, all right. I, I, so, I am. I'm a fucking hot mess. So, another, uh, another situation that just wasn't with it is WWE being with it in the times. And uh, the controversial shirt showed up on WWE.com, which uh, uh, NXT superstar Jordan Miles took huge offense to. So, uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it, did you guys see the shirt, what it looked like? Yeah, I did, black, yeah. Is it blackface? No, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a black shirt, but it's basically his... his uh, it's got like red lips, and the letters are supposedly his teeth, and they're like really big lips and really big white teeth. But isn't that, that correct? If I'm wrong, I'm not trying to be like I just don't understand this. That's a takeoff of like a blackface, like when they used back in the older times when somebody would perform on stage and to be a black person, but they would paint their face black, right? Doesn't I suppose that... it could be. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I guess I. I wasn't sure. I thought it was just more of the the big the big lips and the the teeth thing that that was the offensive part of it. I didn't think of it in that that context. What about that's you, Mike? What, that's what I thought. Um, you know, what I'm talking I, about Mike. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it, it is traditionally what that is. Granted, I don't think it was necessarily the purpose of the shirt. Because I, I can't imagine anyone in WWE's like t-shirt marketing team just being like, you know what? It's gonna be great. Let's give this kid a blackface shirt. That's how I keep my job. <laughs> right. Um. Like, I mean, unless you're a disgruntled employee who's already like, fuck this company or something like that. I can't see you doing that intentionally. Um. Especially if you work with for such a large profitable company like WWE. Uh, I also kind of a, 
I, I listened to Booker T's take on it, and like evidently, like every T-shirt that you get, they bring like four or five designs to you, and you have to pick from them. So, in that same respect, then he would have had to seen this before it ever would have went up on the store or anything as well. Yes. And that was brought up and, and triple H even had said, and they, they released a statement saying like, look, we, we run every design past all of our wrestlers, all of our performers, they have to agree to it and sign off on it. So to which Jordan miles replied that, you know, he did see it ahead of time and he had issue with it. And whoever the designer was that he talked to, I'm not going to name the guy and throw him under the bus, but he, the, the guy that he talked to about it basically told him, well, Triple H really likes this design, and he thinks this design fits you the best, and that's the one that he really wants to go with. So then Jordan Miles reluctantly said, okay, well, if that's, what, if that's how they see me, I guess that's how we'll do it. And then he waited for the shirt to come out and be posted and then made a huge deal about it on social media. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I get, I, I get why he would find it offensive, but at the same time, I feel like he went about this the entire wrong way. Oh yeah. Like you don't go and like, if you, your boss does something fucked up or racist, you take it up with HR or the company or something. You don't just post it to Twitter as your first like response which is the way the world now so right yeah right yeah and, and, and you know and in triple h's defense he said well hey i was told that this is the design that you wanted and you approved or you know that guy is super busy so i'm sure he's not he's not micromanaging it to that that fine like that ridiculous that ridiculously to the fact where you know if that that particular designer said oh this is a shirt he wants but then he turned, maybe he didn't want to take the time to design another one. So he told Jordan Miles, Oh, yeah, that's the one Triple H says you should have. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like maybe that guy should be the guy that gets fired out of the situation if, if he hasn't already. But um, yeah, I just, I just feel like he, he definitely took it to social media and went about it the complete wrong way. And he may have sabotaged his own career. I mean, that dude's. Oh, yeah. It's you know it's gonna be hard for him to get pushed in NXT now, and he may not even be touchable with another organization because they're gonna they might look at him as a problem. Because as much as he tried to make WWE look bad, at the end of the day, he made him without them even really saying anything. He made himself look really bad. It's like a backfired on him. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And a lot of people saw his side, and a lot of people retweeted it, and like was like, "Oh, this is bullshit, WWE. How could you do this?" Blah 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 blah. But then you know when you have people like Booker T that kind of come to the company's defense, and guys like Mark Henry who come to the company's defense, and and he had, and even Titus O'Neil told the dude, "Look, man, you're doing this the wrong way. Like this is not the way that you wanna you wanna bring this situation up." Yeah, kind of egg on his yeah. face. Yeah, like. <laughs> Especially like if you're just starting out, you don't you don't have that kind of pull to where you can pull a stunt like this and recover from it. Yeah, like you you like I didn't even, I never even heard of this guy until suddenly there was this whole thing about some race, racist T-shirt that I didn't even know was a thing. Um, so like he it's not like he's a popular name where he's gonna be like, well you need me around, so you're gonna do this this and this and uh, and just deal with the fact that I you know took this into the public eye versus dealing with it professionally. I mean, he's just getting started out. So like theoretically, if AEW had an interest in him, they probably give him a home just because, I mean, those are guys who 
I mean, it's ran by wrestlers, so like they're going to be a little more on his side than they are WWE side. But like you said, it still kind of has left a brand on him that he might be a problem going forward. Yeah, yeah I, thought just, that. I, I don't think. That, I, like I said, I'm trying to figure out if that's why he was upset. This this shirt design because of that, but like, it it still didn't. I guess it didn't seem. It took that's the thing. Like it took me a minute to figure. Like why is he so upset at this shirt? Yeah. So it's not like there was you know, it, it was like it's not like it was his face, like his eyes and his mouth and nose and it's a black shirt and you know. I mean, I mean like, if we really want to get uh, like pick it apart a little bit, if you look at Kofi Kingston's old logo, it's literally a like cutout of his face and it's black with white teeth and white eyes. And no one (laughs) blinked an eye at that. So, like, it kind of, like, I I don't think it was, like, intentionally racist. I think it just happens to look racist. And he definitely went the wrong route with how to deal with it. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with that. So, I I feel like we're kind of all on the same page. So, before we say something that comes across unintentionally racist, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to kind of I want to try and go somewhat I guess in order of um, some stuff that happened this week. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, let's talk about Mox uncensored or unsanctioned. Let's let's go and jump into AEW. I don't know if you guys kind of saw they uh, they announced that his match with Kenny Omega was going to be considered an unsanctioned match. So in the world of AEW, where wins and losses matter, and they actually show the record underneath the wrestlers' names as they're coming out to the to the ring, which I kind of find weird, but you know what? It's a little bit different. <clears throat> I'll take it. You know, they have the draws and they have the the you know TV time limits and different stuff like that. And um, so when they when they announced that this was going to be an unsanctioned match, they they showed they started off the show showing him going into Tony Khan, and I say that in quotations office because you don't actually see him. They just had an office that said Tony Khan on it. And uh, you could hear a conversation between the two of them through the door because they apparently have a microphone that can pick up sound through doors. And uh, Tony Khan is telling John Moxley that his match with Kenny Omega is going to be unsanctioned, which means it won't count towards his wins and loss record. So where Mox came out and cut a really, really good promo, not going to lie about this, but I, I'm kind of like, how do you guys feel about that? Like the whole wins and loss thing, having it matter that it's not, a, it wouldn't count as a win for him. And then basically saying that he's going to uh, do some really unthinkable things to Kenny Omega because the, because it's not going to count. I honestly haven't really paid attention to it that much. I guess if it, if it's going to mean something in the end, then it's cool. But if it doesn't mean anything in the end, then maybe there's no point to it. At least it's not like, and you guys probably don't remember this, but here's a little his here. I'll just go into a little history lesson. Do you guys remember the American Wrestling Federation? It was like a short-lived wrestling promotion in the nineties. Yeah, exactly. I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you anybody that was in it. Like, yeah, so. like, like Tito, Tito Santana was their first champion. It was basically wrestlers like him and Greg Valentine and Tony Atlas and like big-time washed-up people. Sergeant Slaughter was in it for a little bit, stuff like that. But like. Okay. The way their matches were formatted was they did like it was like boxing, but like three rounds. So like they didn't have like 
pinfalls and submissions and like that was absolutely horrible hmm. so um but my point is i guess like the whole win if, if it's going to go somewhere with something like some kind of but that hasn't really been explained yet which is a part of like with like you and i talked about like last week jason about my big my biggest problem i've had with aew is like lack of like promos yours was like lack of you know who's a heel who's a face so they haven't really gotten to the explanations of things yet so i think this is kind of part of it so if it's going somewhere cool if not well <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so what about mike you got any thoughts on that um i i it's personally i think it they're literally only doing it as a a thing to be like, oh yeah, this match is gonna be so hardcore between them, and more so than anything else, and also so that way they can have a story outside of like, oh well, my win loss record's so good, I'm number one contender kind of thing. Uh, especially yeah. since they haven't really done anything to establish like a real idea of number one contenders, except for like just them throwing people who are either good in the ring or are important at Chris Jericho. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just don't get, like, so... I just don't get the point. I don't get the point of it. Like I, I used to like WCW, like NWA used to do, they have like top tens. So like sometimes they would update now and then like every, you know, few weeks or whatever, like, Oh, here's a, we have a top 10 and here's the top 10 contenders. Like this almost week or, or almost this like month. A, almost like a power ranking of source. Yeah. So that way you're kind of like, okay, you know, whoever's, like, U.S. champions, usually, like, the number one contender, or as if it was, like, WWE, like, the Intercontinental Champions, like, usually, like, number one contender, because he's, like, the second-in-line champion, and then you're kind of looking, okay, well, who's behind him here? Like, that's kind of cool, but, like I said, the, I haven't really even really noticed or paid attention to it that much, so I guess it's... Yeah, I guess I, I, I noticed a little bit just because Jim Ross always will bring up the win-loss record when when somebody comes out. And it, and it had and it has Jim Ross written all over it too. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wins wins matter, folks. Like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it really does. It 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 does kind of throw it off a little bit. I, I'm not sure how I feel. They they ended for the second time. They ended a match on a TV timeout with um against it was Moxley and Pac, and you know it, it really just kind of speaks to like. Pac doesn't want to do jobs for anybody. So it makes sense. But then Moxley kind of threw a big fit. Like, what are you kidding me? If you can tie, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, and that's the second time that's happened. I feel like for for that to mean something, it shouldn't happen all that often. So the fact that they've had three weeks, what, what four weeks of TV now, three weeks of TV now, has it been four weeks now? And it's already, it's, four. Ha- it's already yeah. happened two out of the four weeks. Like, eh, okay, Let, let's stretch it out a little bit more, I guess. But yeah, yeah, see, I like time limit draws when like a championship's on the line or something like that. Like, yeah, if they ever because AEW's talked about possibly in the future bringing in like having like a TV title or something, which like that I always like, okay, you know, 15 minute time limit, and you're getting down to we got 30 seconds left, and is the champion gonna win? And then you end up having a draw or something like that. Yeah. Even even with a world title match or something like well, those that, are those are cool, but they but done sparingly though. And that was kind of the thing too. They they did with TV time remaining. 
and they counted it down, but the show didn't go off the air after they rang the bell. There was like another like five minutes of him bitching and moaning about there being a draw. Yeah, so if it's that, TV and time has, remaining, and that, and, that, and, that, and that has early '90s like WCW written all over it. Right. Yeah, and, you know, the only reason I know that is because like you listen to some of like uh, uh, Conrad's uh, podcasts, like which, uh, what happened went. What happened when with Tony Giovanni? Yeah. Like they'll, they'll review a pay per view or something like that, and like, oh, here we go again, another pay per view. Like two minutes left, <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're just got dead air doing nothing. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, time poorly. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that to me just seemed like if you're gonna do that, then just have the match end, and then maybe show, maybe have post on YouTube his reaction and his freak out and stuff like that. Not have it actually be like be live, but. All right, I digress. We're so moving on, and and that was that was two weeks ago. That ended that way, and then last week's episode ended a little bit differently, and it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Like I feel like the show's getting better, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we'll move on. Like, then I feel like we didn't even talk about Moxley's promo, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you hear Moxley's <laughs> promo? Did you listen to it? I didn't. Based off of your guys' reactions, it didn't seem like you guys listened. So that's why I just kind of moved uh, on from it. But I mean, I, I didn't really even watch AEW. I'm not gonna lie. Like okay. they still haven't done anything to make me care. <laughs> We'll go back and watch his promo from last week. It was really good. Yeah, but I, yeah, I didn't watch that. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of read about it, but from what I understand, like it was good because you really haven't gotten good promo, like really good promos. I mean, you had the one thing with Jericho and the Inner Circle, but like yeah. a real good like promo. So like this was kind of like one of the first ones they've had. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, I will say. Uh, I'll get to it in a couple. Of, never mind. We'll move on from that. It, it doesn't have anything wow. to do with Moxley, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get. You don't want to derail things. Too much of a topic. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Don't it was. Off, hey, don't get off script. Yeah. But yeah. Right. <laughs> Could throw back to a couple episodes ago, but yeah, it really that was honestly probably the best promo that has been cut since AEW started. So it, it's it, it was it was really good. And going to another really good promo, let's talk about Finn Balor for a minute and his kind of reinvention in NXT. Not only did he cut a really good promo on NXT this past week, but then he was also a guest on the uh, backstage show on FS1 and had some interesting things to say there. And um yeah, man, I, I I'm really digging this new Finn Balor, and that the the heel turn was a shock, and it was awesome, awesomely done. I mean, how he was able to hit that Pele kick in such a vicious way from the angle that he was at was pretty it, damn impressive. It, it, it was like perfectly oh, yeah. done. It was like perfectly yeah. done. Yeah, <laughs> perfectly done. And then the uh, the promo that followed the next week, where he basically said that there's too many fans and that there's too many people watching NXT or like too many people that are watching the product, but uh, or the product like watches Finn Balor or something like that. Finn Balor doesn't watch the product. I thought that was fantastic. And what he said too on backstage about about NXT being like Broadway, if um. If 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 Raw and SmackDown are like major motion pictures, NXT is like Broadway, and that really kind of like meant something to me in the fact that like it really kind of stood out just based off the when you think about it, like that's really the case. Like you have Raw and SmackDown there, these like high budget, um, huge productions, 
and they have like a ton of just off the wall crazy things that are happening. But NXT like really kind of strips it down and focuses on the stories and the actors and the and like the whole emotion behind everything. And there's something Triple H had pointed out too, um, and the Finn ended up using it. And I, I really don't think that you could find a better, a better description of NXT in comparison to like what WWE is. Thoughts on that, anybody? <laughs> I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Like it, it, it definitely is a great comparison because yeah, NXT they don't have anything really to hide behind production value wise. It's like all the focus is there on the ring it's not this big spectacle where they're like taking in shots of the fans constantly and like the stage and and all that it's where the action is is where the focus is so yeah it's absolutely perfect like representation of how the differences between the two uh two brands well three brands i guess technically yeah how the business should be really i mean it's just like you said just go out it's like your yeah your focus is the ring and what's yeah. going on going there. But I, I like, like I think I texted you, Jason, about it, or we talked about the last thing he said. Well, I guess the prince is back. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought which, that was real interesting. Which is awesome, because he was such a good, when he was overseas wrestling, this Prince Devitt is such a good heel. Like, I hope, one can only hope that he'll bring some of those different monikers that he used to do. Like he dressed up as uh, what's his name from Silence of the Lambs? Oh they wow! Would, like they would like cart him out and shit, and he just would dress up like Jack the Ripper. Like I know he did the Jack the Ripper when he was a face in NXT before, but he used to dress up as like Jack the Ripper, like as a heel, like all these different characters. So we'll see if they go that route. I hope so. So. Yeah, I thought I thought some of the the stuff that he said in his promo on NXT was interesting, uh, specifically the stuff he said about. Uh, he kind of made a, like a, a little bit of a jab at Bray Wyatt. Did you did you see or hear that? Oh yeah, where he was just like, yeah, I did the job for the the next big thing just because he put on a different mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he said something about him taking his mask off. So I, I'm curious, like, if he's saying that, if maybe that means that he maybe retire the demon character a little bit. I, I hope that's not the case. Like what Kevin was saying, I hope he dresses up kind of like he did. Um, and uh, and um, like New Japan stuff, New like Japan, overseas. yeah, yeah. So, I, I hope I hope he does go that route with it, but man, I, I don't know. Like, I, I like this intensity out of Finn Balor. I think part of my problem with him and where I started to kind of lose a little bit is he always just seemed kind of like the, the happy go lucky guy. And then when he would, even when he was interviewed, he would just he would talk about, I want to go out there and just have a good match. Like it wasn't really about being the best or like stealing the show. Like he just seemed like he wanted to, he just wanted to go out there and do his part. But this, this kind of new attitude seems like he really wants to go out there and tear the house down. And that I like that. I like that chip maybe that he has on his shoulder now. And I I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with it. And I think him and Johnny Gargano will tear the fucking house down. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like when he, the, the fact that he went after Gargano, I, Super excited by that, just just based off of what that match will look like. So, but yeah, all right, yeah, Finn Balor. So we talked about him. Uh, another thing that happened on T is that um, they're going to be <laughs> someone's <laughs> moving around in their shit again. <laughs> well, you know what? I... <sighs> Sorry, this is too funny. 
<laughs> All right. So nothing happened. I, I can't. I can't sit still and not like move around. Sorry. I, I'm fidgety. We get it. You're person. a child. Yeah, it's, I am. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. I'll I'll just wait every You're time. You're ruining our podcast, and it's like <laughs> yeah, 20 oh, viewers, yeah. you fucking mark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't worry. In five, in five minutes, Jason's going to start, the voice is going to start cutting out every three seconds. So. I'm sure, yeah. We'll, 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 especially when we get close to that. We'll try and close it out before we get to the hour mark. But anyway, yeah. all right. So another thing that happened on NXT was that the uh, the women's uh, the w- women women have kind of taken a different step. They're going to be injected into having their own war games match this this time around. So how do you guys feel about that? I think it's a cool idea if they do it right because the women of NXT have always been like able to put on fantastic matches. I just hope that they put people in it that are going to be able to you know, perform in that kind of atmosphere. Like, I, I hope that they build the teams properly and don't just, like, throw some women together and be like, here you go, have fun. Yeah, the story with it. Yeah, and and they, they kind of have, like, if, you, if you're if you watching, like, they've, they've built it up a little bit. And honestly, I was a little confused on where it was going because you have Rhea Ripley, who is really trying to go after Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. And then you also have Bianca Belair, you have Candice Array, and you have Io Shirai. So all of them are, are, are all going after it. So I was, I was thinking, like, how are they going to do this? But then they kind of, like, everything kind of came to a head. And Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox also were involved. And uh, there, was, um, there was just a... Um, it was just kind of like a whole... I don't know, kind of like a whole big, big battle thing. And then, uh, I mean, there was a big brawl and everything. And then um, William Regal gets on the mic and says, I know how we're going to settle this in war games. So I'm curious to see how they're going to kind of split the teams up. It kind of made it look like it was going to be, um, it was going to be, it looked like, uh, oh my gosh, it looked like Rhea Ripley was going to be possibly with um, Candice LeRae. And I want to say, oh man. I, I forget who was in the ring with them. Like it, it like kind of pit, split up like three, three, and three. So you're gonna have Shayna with her her horsewomen trio that she has. Then you're gonna have um, EO, and I think maybe with um, man, who do they put EO with? Maybe with Bianca Belair, and then there's one other person. I forget exactly how Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai fit in though too. So there might be one of them might be kind of the the odd women out when it comes to it. But overall, though, just the people, just just Bianca Belair, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Shayna Baszler alone, I think the three of them can really bring it. I think uh, really Candice, Candice LeRae doesn't give a shit about her body. I mean, she jumped off of a steel cage a couple uh, couple takeovers ago. That was so. True. I mean, obviously, she'll she'll do some crazy stuff. EO, same thing. I mean, she she's she's. She's done some. Uh, she's done some pretty, pretty crazy stunts. The only two, I, like Tegan Knox, Tegan Knox, and um, Dakota Kai, coming off of knee injuries, it, I, I, I'd be concerned a little bit about them. But go ahead, Kev. No, I, just, I think no matter what, the, the women, because they, especially NXT women, bring it all the time. Mm. You know, you know they're going to bring it, especially in this War Games match. Yeah. So, so I, th- I think it's going to be a really good match. Show stealer for sure. Yeah, and the the only two the only two I kind of really 
worry about. So like Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, like they they haven't seemed like they've really caught on maybe as fast as Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey did when it comes to the the switch to the wrestling style. And I don't know if it's just that I don't know. I, it just seems like they're they're not quite there. I, they had a tag match on on NXT and they looked a little bit better in the ring, but I think I feel like that's the first time I've actually seen them in a real actual match, though. So maybe that's well. They, they get a, they get into a war games match. They'll be protected a little bit too. That's true. That's that's yeah. very true. That's a good point. So, so even because because I can't remember when they did three on three on three, it they have three people start at once, right? Yeah, one, yeah. One for each. So that way, two in cages. Yeah, so that way, it, if one, so if Shannon Baszler and the or the, the horsewomen are a team, and you know, Baz, even Baszler starts out first, which would probably be the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. That way, her the other girl ones can come in and kind of be protected because by then there'll be more people into the match. So I think that's that'd be the smart kind of way to protect them. So yeah. I agree with that. So, what do you think about that, Mike? Um, yeah, it's potential. Uh, I did, uh, I'm gonna watch it either way, hopefully. So, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> you find a way. <laughs> yeah. I sent you that link that should be able to help you. Yeah, but that means I have to sit at my computer, and it's just not worth it. Oh, I watch it on like an iPad, stuff like that. So, we'll see. It's my computer or my phone. I don't have a tablet, so. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Now, I, I put on here Triple H on After the Bell with Corey Graves. Anybody listen to that other than me? I only listened to, there was like a, a minute or so of it on uh, YouTube, and then it like cuts and says, oh, watch or listen to the rest on my podcast. I'm like, fuck you, Corey Graves. I haven't got a chance to check it out. Okay. I, it, it is kind of a cool concept for the podcast. I, I kind of liked how he did it. So he he had three guests. It was like a pretty damn long podcast, though. For first of all, it was almost like a three hour podcast. But he had um, he had Bailey on, he had Triple H on, he had Ric Flair on. Bailey got so mad she hung up on him, which I thought was funny. Like it just kind of helped continue the Bailey <laughs> character. Uh, she just he said something about you know her trying to or not, Sasha not Banks not, not being too. slutty enough or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sasha Banks. Oh, like, she was on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bailey, you uh, slut. What's going on with you? And then she hangs up. Oh man. Oh my god. Yeah. So Bailey Bailey basically furthered her character on by by hanging up on him, and then he had Triple H on, and they had a pretty candid conversation. He asked a, a lot about some some different things and uh, a couple things that stood out to me. One were his, his his conversation regarding Finn Balor being on NXT, and he was talking about actually the thing that stood out to me the most, and what I want to kind of get your guys' takes on is that Triple H with NXT when he first started it, and even with like NXT UK and the slow build of the brand and stuff like that. His his idea is to have different places for guys to go. So, like in in this case with Finn Balor, right? He's taken he took some time off. They're not really using him right now. They don't have anything for him. So he's like, you know what? Give him to me for however long, and then you know we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll repackage him. We'll redo this, and then then you can have him back when you're ready for him, right? So he he talked about the fact that you're you're probably going to start seeing more than that because NXT now is not. It's not the it's not the developmental system anymore. Like NXT now 
is another brand because they have a two hour show on USA. Like that is the third brand now. And it's really been kind of built up from the ground up. But you also talked about like NXT UK and possibly doing like having some sort of like NXT like Mexico show. And basically they kind of talked about the, the potential of the WWE having their almost almost their own territory system and having like different little territories kind of spread out throughout that they can just kind of send guys to when they need to, when they need like a fresh paint of coat or whatever, when they need just to, to kind of like change up something or step away for a little bit and do something different. So what, what do you guys think about that? Like, I thought that was really interesting how that that's kind of almost where his vision is and where he wants us to kind of be in the future. Obviously we're a long way away from that since there's only the UK and then the regular NXT brand, but the potential there being different territories that WWE controls that they can send guys around. You don't like it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't say I don't like it. It just, it just seems like a lot. Yeah. Does that make, I don't know. The reason why I say it seems like a lot is because in the end, it's all WWE. So, that makes sense. Whereas, like, well, I think it, Triple H meant it more as like the territories thing, as like this is the modern version of the territories. Because like they used to have, oh well, we all have a use for you, so they'd go to a different territory and they like, repackage themselves and you know build themselves up and then eventually come back to that that main territory. I think that's what he meant. It was just a modern version of it. Yeah. Um, my 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 sigh is more of a negative sigh, um, just because you can send anyone on that roster to NXT and they will become significantly better because NXT is Broadway and WWE is a full like feature film like yes. NXT they have a lot more freedom which is why we're getting this like Prince Devitt like villain out of Finn Balor that WWE like didn't even attempt to utilize him as anything other than he's got a cool entrance and once in a while we'll have him paint his face like they they made zero effort into giving this guy a mic and letting him show them what he can do, and that's is the it, problem. Is you can't send them to NXT, have them do that, and then go back to WWE where they're not going to utilize them the same way. It's still a different beast, so it's not going to like fluidly move from one to the other. It's just like it's just like for example, let's let's take Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Robert Roode. Uh, who else can we throw in there? Samoa Joe, Kevin, even Kevin Owens. I understand those guys have all won championships or whatever, but is it me or were they bigger stars in NXT than they oh, are? Oh, a thousand percent, they were bigger oh. stars in NXT. I, so, I uh, hold on, hold on. I would argue Robert. Yes, Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe. I don't think so. I mean, they might have had better. They might have had more high-profile matches. But I wouldn't say they're bigger stars. I mean, Shinsuke I mean, isn't is that like the definition of of being you no, know bigger stars? High profile matches because and, and honestly, <laughs> Samoa Joe hasn't had more high profile matches. I mean, his 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 uh, his most memorable thing I think since he's been with WWE was his feud with AJ Styles. And that yeah, but they him and AJ Styles roster. have chemistry that like goes back like a decade when they were both in TNA. Like you can't right, you can't yeah. use that as his example of his shining moment in in WWE um, because it's but been it, done before. So I'm it's not like just, they I'm they just, don't. I think I think they've had I think they've had all have had bigger profile matches. I, I think they were utilized different 
which is the reason why it comes off that way. They, they were, because but it was also Samoa for a short Joe, amount of time, though. Shinsuke Nakamura, all of them were utilized as larger talent, being the like A players in NXT, where WWE has used Samoa Joe to be this badass up until the pay per view, and then all of a sudden he becomes a bitch. Um, and should say Nakamura, like he has highs and he has lows and none of those highs or lows are ever really in the big picture, except for his one run with, uh, AJ Styles for the title, which he never won. Like how many times did he lose to AJ Styles after kicking him in the nuts 3000 times? Like, it's just, it's just like, okay. To me, it's like, okay. Like, like, let's just say Bobby Roode, like in NXT was like, yeah, champion. Big time heel, number you know, number one heel comes to WWE. I understand people love singing his theme music and everything, but they did it in NXT as him as a heel. Now he's like a face, and now here we are, we're trying to turn him back heel. Shinsuke Nakamura was like such an over big time face, and then he came to WWE. They didn't really do anything with him, so like, oh, let's just turn him heel. And I don't think he. I mean, he's an okay heel, but I kind of like him better as a face. I guess I don't know. The, and that's kind of where the difference is between you know where, where you're looking at the the whole Broadway to major motion picture thing, right? So in in NXT because it is such a niche audience and it is such a like I guess it's 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 not becoming that anymore. But NXT is also I I think NXT's evolved past where it was when Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe were coming up through it. Though I honestly feel like at this point now it's more of a because it's on TV two hours a week, it's going to be more of a, a side brand. Like those same characters you're seeing in NXT, if they move over to one of the other shows, that's what that's one of the things that Triple H said. He goes, it's not getting called up anymore. It's getting moved over because these guys are on the same level as these other guys now. They just don't really travel as much, really, when you look at it. Honestly, if I were in WWE right now, I'd want to be in NXT just because you get to live in Florida, travel way less than you would if you're on the main roster and you still get the same exposure. But so, are you going to are you going to have a better chance <clears throat> of being on like WrestleMania in NXT? That that Well, they they're, they're going to be a part of Survivor Series, so you got to you got to If they're going to be a part of Survivor Series, there's uh, a chance that there's a good enough story yeah. it could be on a, it could be on WrestleMania. As but well. that's but that's like one, one match like you know you're it's like almost Hey, am I going to be lucky enough to be in this highest profile story yeah. where I get on WrestleMania? That and also, like, okay, so if they do come on WrestleMania, that means that it takes away from TakeOver, which is the night before, and that's like their big thing is we have WrestleMania right. weekend where you have the Hall of Fame, then TakeOver, then WrestleMania. So I don't, aside from maybe like being in the Battle Royals and stuff, um, I don't yeah, see it's them. Almost, it's almost like they might get overexposed own... because they're going to have NX. They're going to have takeover war games, and then they're going to turn around and allow those survivors the next night. Yeah, but that's for one match, though. That's literally just like Team NXT in that match. I don't think they're going to have it where like every match is a triple threat match. Not I think true. it's just going to be the the teams um, of NXT versus I just wonder... uh, SmackDown versus Raw. I just wonder if I, I think we talked about this before. I just wonder if like some talent like one day gets told, "Hey, you're getting moved over to NXT." Are they going to take like, well, what the fuck? Like somebody, I don't know, what what if they came to like the Usos and said, "Hey, you guys are going over to NXT," and they'll be like, well, "What the fuck? Why are we? What? Wait, why?" Yeah, 100%. Well, any any talent that hasn't already like 
recently been on NXT, I feel like would take that as an emotion still. They are, they don't look at NXT on the same level as what they're like trying to like push Kofi NXT as. I'm like, hey, Kofi just had this great run as a champion. We shit on you. We took the title off you like that. Now you're going to NXT. What the fuck? I just had this, you know what I mean? Like a year ago, I had this great moment at WrestleMania, and now I'm moving over here. Yeah. Or, or like Seth Rollins, like, oh, well, we took the Universal title for you because we're going to throw you on NXT now. Yeah. Like, it, it not, just. Not, not, not that would happen, but like. It but yeah, they, 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 would, they don't look at it as being at the same level because they would still see it as a demotion if they, it was them. Yeah, because I'm on. Because to me, I still think. Because there's still people on there that haven't had much exposure. But, so I still think it's kind of somewhat of developmental. You know what I mean? Like I understand yeah, but, what you're saying. Oh, definitely. And they're going to be able to debut new characters and stuff like that. But do you, after seeing Finn Balor debut and doing what he's done, do you look at that as a demotion, though? Well, I, don't know he, I look at it as he got sent down to be repackaged so that way they could utilize him in a different light uh, for the main roster eventually. But I don't see it as necessarily like hey, you're stuck at your job, so we're saying there. It just seemed like your character's dry. Vince doesn't, didn't really care for you to begin with, so we're going to send you back to NXT since we don't have anything for you, and you and Triple H can like work on something new, like a new spin for your character, and then we'll bring you back. I would getting, argue... Is he, still, is he still getting paid good money? To where he's, like, he's paid the same. Okay, and, and so what if somebody from NXT who's, you know, Vince taking their spot, and what the fuck? I'm getting paid, you know, twenty thousand a year. He's getting paid three hundred thousand. You know, I'm low numbers, yeah. but I here I am. I'm trying to get this, and you're just bringing this guy here because you don't know what the fuck to do with him. <laughs> type. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think my, my I, I argument think... against that logic is just that unlike WWE, NXT is very much you have to take the ball and you have to like do it. You have you. There's no like you're chosen. It's a you have to get yourself over an XT. So it's a, it's a dramatic difference from being WWE. So like, yeah, it sucks that Finn's coming and taking someone's spot, but that's on them for not you know no, doing I, something yeah. to get noticed. Yeah. Because well, hey, like yeah. NXT is the place no, where you yeah, can do that. I see what you're saying. Like, well, hey, yeah, I wouldn't have to bring Finn back if you didn't fucking step up. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Unlike right, WWE, well, where if you tried to do that, they'd just like try to fucking bury you so the fans wouldn't get behind you and force them to do things they don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I disagree with that, but we'll go ahead and move on. So, uh, <laughs> so basically, That's how we uh, defeat Jason. We tire him out. We we, kinda, yeah. we already we already talked about like the, a little bit of the NXT injection in the Survivor Series. So I, I think we all kind of were curious how uh, that heads. But I want to get into Crown Jewel and talk a little bit about that because a lot of big things happen at Crown Jewel. Uh, first of all, you had the the first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia, which made history. Which I thought I thought was kind of a cool moment. Um, you had the the Brock versus Kane Velasquez match, which I feel like went a little differently than what people thought it would. Uh, the Tyson Fury match, which again, like a little bit different. And then you had the, the, the theme at the end, which I think surprised a lot of people as well. So uh, let, let's kind of start at the top. Uh, how, how'd you guys think about the women's match? I thought it was like the moment of the night for sure. Like mm. The day or the day for us, yeah, but, right. <laughs> but no, that it was cool. At first, I'm like, why are they wrestling in T-shirts and this? And then I realized, oh, yeah, it's Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no titties for you. Yeah. 
But I kind of like how they kind of went, you know, they shook hands. They just, it was kind of like, you know, hey, we don't give a fuck, even though we've been feuding. This is a big moment. Let's just go out. Let's just fucking wrestle. And, had, you know, it was a great moment. So I thought, I, th- I thought that was very well done, and that was really, really cool. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I, so I have a mixed reaction to it. I feel like it was a great moment, a good match. However, I don't agree with who they chose to, to do it with, just because obviously you put two women in a, that kind of match, they're going to have like a lot of like hold, like holding each other's arms up and like celebrating like, hey, we just made history. And I feel like taking a rivalry that we didn't care about to begin with and using that match takes everything away that you've built up that we already didn't care about because now it's like, oh, we hate each other and you know we've done all these terrible things over the past like two months, but let's shake hands and you know celebrate that we were the first ever to do this. Like, yeah, I don't know about you, but if I hate someone and I just because we made history together doesn't mean that I'm gonna suddenly be their friend, like even for a second. Like I'm still gonna be like, no, fuck you. Like right. that's not how life works. A, c- a couple of things about that though. This kind of where I was I was hoping you would say. Because I, I wanted to give my take on why I think he chose these two. And here comes the cutting. <laughs> yeah, cutting it's already begun. Wait, wait, yep. wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me uh, my jacket. Ready? Uh, Is that good enough for you guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So while you wrestled your jacket, I came back. So, all right. So I, I, I was hoping you were going to say something about that because I, I wanted to kind of give my take on why I thought they chose these two. First of all, though, I, I think there's a little bit of a misconception because their rivalry has pretty much ended. In fact, Natalia had Lacey Evans come out as her tag team partner for a match on SmackDown. So I feel like they've kind of buried that whole thing and they're kind of building towards these two being like a mutual respect. But the the reason why I think they, they had the these two in the match, first of all, in Saudi Arabia, obviously, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are trying to grow their culture and bring different things into it and change things, right? But in any culture like that, you're going to have some extremists that don't want that change, that are against that change, and could do something kind of radical about that change. Lacey Evans was a Marine; she can handle herself. Natalia, obviously, very tough, can handle herself. I think the reason why they picked those two to be in the match is because if shit went down, they were the two people that they could trust to handle themselves in a situation that they could potentially get out of it if something happened, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I I agree and disagree with that. I agree (laughs) with, like, yeah, it's nice to have someone there who can uh, properly defend themselves, but ultimately... It's always been WWE's policy where if someone rushes the ring, the talent is to not touch them and to let the referees and security handle it. Right, but at the same time, though, how many of their security guards do you think were there, and how many, and how how much are they, like, how much are they relying on the the Saudis to provide security for them? And um, I don't know because it's hard to tell how much, how much really, they're making off this. Right, and how much could you really, how much can you really trust people in another country to keep? something secure you know what i mean like you can that that trust can only go so far so i feel like that i feel like that had a lot to do with why they picked those two to be in that match uh the other reason i think and honestly and and you know talking about wearing the t-shirts i wouldn't be surprised if they weren't wearing some sort of bulletproof vest on underneath it either just in case (laughs) something happened yeah 
but you know that, that I digress from that. Other than that, though, it was it was a pretty good match. It was a good moment. You know, a lot of people kind of had that same criticism that they thought it should have been like Becky and Sasha or Bailey and you know somebody like that. But I feel like they, I feel like they picked the two that they did for a reason. And it, you know, I think that I, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who the participants participants were. It was just more about the moment happening. And I think yeah. that, that people kind of lost focus on that. So I also um, read somewhere that like apparently that wasn't the original match that they were planning. Like it was changed once they actually got there. Oh really? Yeah. Like and the apparently the people, it or well, no, well, they, the, the, they, the actual participants. Oh okay. Um, I I think one of them was uh Alexa was supposed to be in that match and um like apparently she was super pissed when she got pulled from it. And that's really? why she had like that's some passive aggressive tweets during like the show that's why she was pissed okay okay interesting so maybe they thought that she was too much of a blonde to be on the show and but she she wrestled she didn't, didn't um uh she got that opportunity with sasha and another country yeah to be the first one yeah in match yeah so yeah, I can see you know I. You know, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if you're right about the bulletproof vest thing, just because when they wrestled, they were just in body suits, but there's like had like designs that match their normal attires. Right. Um. They, they. But then suddenly, like they're wearing t-shirts, so you can distinguish which of the blondes is which. And I'm like, yeah, they were like big baggy t-shirts that they just yeah. printed that day that had like logos on them that you. Yeah, seen it didn't before. have it. Yeah. Wasn't any actual like merch like style. Yeah. It's literally just like two random <laughs> yeah. t-shirts they got I'm, like I'm down at the Costco. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So and Natalia didn't even say her name. It just had like the heart logo with the cat face. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So moving on from that, then. So a good moment. You know, it, it was it was definitely interesting to see. So and I'll be honest with you. Like I really, what I was not mad about how the the Brock Lesnar and uh, and and oh my gosh, why all of a sudden Kane Vla- Kane, Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez. Jesus Christ, Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez <laughs> match went, and I wasn't mad about the Tyson Fury Braun Strowman match either. I thought both guys actually looked like they could belong in the ring. I know Tyson Fury is a little doppy and like kind of uncoordinated at times, but he 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 moved around pretty well and and did some did some things and Kane Velasquez it was a quick match, but it felt like a real fight kind of in a way. And I thought they did a really good job with that and I wasn't surprised at how Brock went over on it. Well, I guess what Kane Velasquez needs like he's going to be having knee surgery like they're like a lot of people are shocked he even was able to even get in there. Oh, okay. yeah. Like, I read that the match was already planned to be short, but then they shortened it even more because of like they were worried about his knee. Okay. Yeah, that's why he didn't really take any. I mean, he took that five at the end. Yeah. After it's over, but that's why he didn't really take like suplexes or a lot of like real bad bumps or anything just because like his knee is like so fucked up. Hmm. So, right. so he's going to have a surgery, which will lead to, I'm sure probably rematch down the road well yeah wrestlemania made of it has he has yep. a long he does have a long-term contract with wwe triple h said as much yeah like what three-year contract or something yeah and triple h said and triple h did come out and say too he's like you know the one thing that we worried about him with and the one thing that we're you know how he's adapted how he's been able to handle himself in ring has been great but the thing that we're worried about him is is more the personality aspect of it like he hasn't always he hasn't like quite 
grasped onto the like the character part of it because he's been taught his entire life to like suppress his emotions. So he doesn't do it. He, he needs to get better about bringing that, those emotions out and kind of wearing them on his sleeve. And I would hope like somebody like Paul Heyman could yeah, figure, help him with that. Yeah. Out, help with that. Yeah. Somehow. So I don't think I'm too worried about that. Where Tyson Fury is the exact opposite. That dude was born to be a WWE superstar. Oh my God, he came out in the fucking Saudi garb. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, he is like legit, and, and Triple H was talking about this on the on the um after the bell too. Like Tyson Fury is a huge fan, and he's been a huge fan his entire life. Like he honestly, he he was saying that he originally thought that the WWE is where he would end up, and then boxing just kind of happened, and that he brings so much of of that that aspect, like the showmanship and everything to his boxing fights. Like the guy is like basically a WWE superstar in the making. He just happened to be, make himself famous doing something else. But, and he, they said that, you know, down the road, once his boxing career is done, there might be some potential for him being, being a part of it more, but um, you know, they don't have anything really long-term with him right now, but yeah, he just seems like he, he took it, to, took to it like a fish, a fish to water. But you know, and and I I was kind of surprised the way it finished, but not so much like because he legit could knock out Ron Strowman. Yeah, and it helps kind of protect him too. I mean, so. yeah, without doubt, <laughs> without doubt. Did you get a chance to see any of that match at all, Mike? Um, I saw bits and pieces of it. Like I watched a highlight reel since uh, the network decided to be a bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> but. I saw, like, apparently he just straight, like, knocked out Braun Strowman. He, like, fell out of the ring and got counted out. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> so, not too bad. Not too bad of an ending. But then we got the ending that we all wanted. And WWE tried to swerve us. I'm not going to I mean, they really tried to fuck with us and make it seem like they were going to end it in some sort of smosh finish, even though they said that they wouldn't. They, 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 they made it. They, they, they made the spot look like there's no way that they can continue the match. But then the fiend rose from the rose from the the fire basically and took out Seth and won the Universal Championship. I man, I I <laughs> I'm surprised they did it. And I it looks like they're gonna flip flop the champions now because Brock quit SmackDown and so he's going to Raw. So yeah, know, Bray Wyatt's already on SmackDown. I'm really disappointed that we didn't get Bray Wyatt as the Miz's guest on Miz TV. Like I was so looking forward to that. Uh, but the, the travel issues out of Saudi Arabia prevented that from happening. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? The Fiend is the Universal Champion. I, I'm still kind of shocked. Like I didn't think they'd actually do it. I, f- I figured we'd just get bullshitted for another year until. Bray's uh, hype died down, and people stopped caring. Yeah, yeah, Kevin, yeah, yeah. I am too. I'm a little shocked. I, I wasn't sure what they were gonna do as far as the titles with Bray being exclusive to SmackDown, but obviously with Brock quitting, which is funny to me because I thought you know this whole big thing for Fox was having Brock Lesnar on Fox, right? <laughs> he's not gonna be on fucking. Fox. Right, but now they saw. Like, but that, yeah, but now they found they saw Bray Wyatt, and they're like, "No, we want this guy instead." Forget Brock Lesnar; he barely shows up. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So instead, we're gonna just you know squash Kofi, take the title, and I'm gonna go to a different fucking brand. 
So right. Yep. <laughs> and, now he's probably, and now he's probably going to lose it to Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Ugh. I, uh, I, uh, Ugh. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I I thought it was great, and I, honestly, like I feel like this is where they were going to get eventually anyway. But I feel like they they rushed it because of the reaction to Hell in a Cell. I think that I think this was going to happen. I think it was just going to happen at like Survivor Series or even maybe a little bit after, and they were going to kind of build it and build it, build it up to that. But I think they, because of Hell in the Cell, they're like, you know what? We just need to pull the trigger and get the title on him and get it off of Seth because this is going to backfire on us if we don't. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I mean, it was a good match. It was a lot of fun back and forth. Uh, they they continued to build him as that unstoppable monster, like that Freddy Krueger or the Jason Voorhees that just won't die. Like, great job. They've done a great job doing that. And I, how are they going to take the title off of him? Is yeah, exactly. I, I was you know what I mean? That. Like I, now, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the Firefly Funhouses with the the championship in them, and um, you know them, whoever challenges him, basically how they react to it. Like I, I'm looking forward to what they're going to do. I'm just curious to how how yeah, eventually the only, they'll the take the, the only, title the only draw, from him. The only drawback now is that because Bray's been used so sparingly, so if they keep using him sparingly. Yet again, you have another universal champion right. <laughs> who's barely going to fucking be on. But he's at least on TV almost every week, though. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he might he might only defend it at pay per views, but he's at least going to be on the sh- he's going to at least be on the show as the other character, and that's what makes it special because you have the fiend as the attraction, but then you have yeah. Mr. Rogers Bray as the the guy that drags you in. He's almost like Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar in one. Like you got the you got he really the, is the talker, and then you got the unstoppable monster. Just the things he does, like with his hands to his face and shit. Yeah, like like that's it's like if I was like an eight year old kid right now, I'd be like, holy, like holy shit! Like if I if I thought Papa Shango was fucking scary, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> holy, oh holy, man! Holy shit! That's true, and he's not making anybody bleed out of their eyeballs. So like the, Under- the Undertaker, when he first came out, oh like, yeah, dude, the Undertaker was scary as fuck. Like, and, yeah. and he was, but he 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 wasn't anything like this. But he just right, just from like when he locked the Ultimate Warrior in the casket, and oh yeah, the Warrior was fucking dead. Like that was one of the like I was like crying my like that was like one of the scariest things I've ever seen. So you imagine like being a kid now. Or a kid now probably his fucking Twitter was like, oh yeah, it's all you know fucking fake right, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, but <laughs> if we had this fiend character back, like when we were kids, like holy shit, like right. some of the fucking shit he does, and like, and I love how it is kind of a take on mankind, where like he comes out to his fucking awesome music, and then like he wins, and it's just the fucking screeching and the lights, and like boom, yeah, it's done. Yeah. So. Yeah. I loved how the lights went completely off, and then he just appeared at the top of the stage holding the title. Like that was yeah. an awesome way to end the show. Like that was great. Yeah, I just, I his, I love how they repackaged the theme song too. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking, it's yeah. fucking badass. That, his, that theme song and Tommaso Ciampa, they're the best in the business right now. I can't disagree with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I throw all in right. the uh, Undisputed Era, but that's just me. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Too. Yeah. All right, all right, my my fault. Okay, top three. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> no okay. particular order. 
All right. So, um, so real quick, because we, we're already about an hour, so we're going to have to try to wrap some of this stuff up, and we got a couple more things to get to. But uh, so Crown Jewel had a really bad travel situation. Have we heard? Are the are the, the superstars back in the states yet? I, I, I believe think, so. I believe so. But do you hear, you hear why? I've heard different things. Why? So I, oh, I no. I'm curious to what you've heard. Okay, so from what I understand, I think this is probably the close. So they said it was mechanical issues and everything, but I guess it was all just kind of a cover bullshit. Mm-hmm. What I understand is that uh, Saudi Arabia has not paid the WWE for the last few shows or whatever, and I guess the WWE is owed like three hundred to five hundred million dollars. Oh wow! And so Vince, in the middle of the show, cut the feed. The crown jewel to the people in Saudi Arabia. Oh, so the prince or whoever in Saudi Arabia was pretty pissed and held up WWE's planes <laughs> and their superstars from traveling back. Wow! So that was the mechanical issue. Now, certain people like Brock Lesnar and like Hogan and Flair like had you know, their own jets or whatever. And McMahon obviously like had their own jets. So like some people were able to get back, but most of the wrestlers who I guess were pretty, obviously a probably scared, not knowing what the fuck's going to happen. Right. We're, we're pretty pissed. Yeah. Off. When your boss abandons you in a whole other country <laughs> yeah. that uh, doesn't have a whole lot of freedoms. Yeah. <laughs> so from what I understand is that, that that's the whole issue, and that Vince fucking did the dick move and cut the feet to the Saudi Arabia people, and that's what happened. But I guess suppose I, because I I saw a few of them like Kofi and like Rusev tweeted like, you know, glad to be home or something like that. So I'm yeah. guessing they did get back. That's good. I saw Carl Anderson put never again, and then yeah. he's like. But I like money, and I need a second pool. So maybe. <laughs> and, and that's and that's the other thing too is that Vince <clears throat> also said that they will not go back to Saudi Arabia until they are paid the three hundred to five hundred million or whatever it is that they're owed. Well, that's good. I, I mean, and, and he should. I mean, they shouldn't that. have gone back yet at all if they hadn't been paid for the the last two. Like that's just yeah. Well, can... so, did you guys hear about the story of like Hogan and Flair's travel issues getting there, or like Hogan? no. Hogan, so Hogan's playing like uh, one of their stops or whatever, like the wheels like busted or whatever. Holy shit! So, um, I guess because Lesnar, Brock Lesnar has his own like private jet, so like Lesnar saved like Hogan, Flair, and like Bret Hart, and they all hopped they all hopped on Lesnar's plane and he flew them over. Holy shit! On his plane, so that's crazy. Because Hogan posted a thing on like Instagram or whatever about how, because he always talks about like when he flies, he wears like these same like lucky red. Oh yeah, his lucky underwear. <laughs> his underwear because he's been in like three, not plane crashes, but three like instances where he like almost like crashed and it was serious. Yeah. And he lucked out and he had the red underwear on every time, so <laughs> he always wears this. <laughs> and he like posted a picture of this underwear like from like 1975 or whatever. There. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fuck it. So, yeah. So that's that's what I heard. I know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard anything else really different or. No, I, I all I had heard was that um, there was a disagreement between Vince and the Saudi prince, and but I hadn't seen any details. I didn't realize yeah, that, that disagreement was like, "Bitch, where's my money?" 
And the only thing I heard was that the, the White House was briefed on the situation. So, like, that just made it seem like, holy shit, like, something's going on. <laughs> holding this up. It's definitely not just mechanical issues. The, or thing, the, thing, yeah. the thing is, even if Saudi Arabia pays up, why, would you Would you want to go back over? At this point, no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, as a talent, if nothing else, I'd be like, I'm good. I'm going to stay back with D-Bry and, and yeah, and, same, yeah. same as Aiden. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm suddenly... Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, suddenly, I don't feel comfortable being over there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But that did lead to a really interesting SmackDown to which NXT can Right, it, it, led, it led to the best SmackDown we've had in a long yeah. fucking time. So yeah. Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, fantastic match. Oh, uh, fucking awesome. Triple H and Shawn Michaels just making you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He starts taking off his coat. Oh, it's cold in here. Oh, it's cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think, like, <laughs> you think he's going to fight? Yeah. It's not going to be <laughs> him. <laughs> Speaking of travel situations, too, did you hear about uh, they had to, like, police escort some of the NXT talent to the arena because they were, like, it was so last minute that they had to get them there from Florida and, like, super yeah, fast? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I, I so guess they, I, I guess they Adam were Adam Cole almost didn't make it. Yeah, I guess they were going to have some on there from what I heard just to start laying the grounds for this whole uh, Survivor Series, but yeah. not, not as much as... Yeah, not uh, like the entire fucking roster. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, people are like my, yeah, Adam Cole and... What's that, Michael Cole? <laughs> Michael Cole is your Michael new Cole, NXT champion. Hey. Boom! And we have a title for the show. <laughs> oh, no one's going to watch Cole. this episode now. My, my, Michael Cole, baby. <laughs> Michael Cole, baby. All right, watch this episode. I didn't know we filmed them. All right, so let's do a quick like wow. run through. Let's go oh, wow. let's live go through, and worldwide, baby. Wow. Let's go through a quick hot and cold. Uh, take the temperature of how we feel the shows are going. Then uh, Kevin's got a history lesson for us, and we're gonna close it out because we're running late. So uh, let's start off with Raw. Just we'll kind of go rapid fire. Kevin, how you feel about Raw? Um, mild. Kevin, Kevin, he, he answered. Oh, he answered. I didn't hear him. My fault. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll just pretend like I heard what you said. Okay, okay. Mike. How about you? <laughs> um, I I'm like room temperature at best. Okay. Yeah. As if I was hot and cold, and I said mild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what we did last week. Too, right? It really is. So. For me, I, I'm, I'm cold. I'm not Arctic because the matches overall have actually been really, really good. Uh, so NXT, Kevin. Uh, hot. Just because hot. I, just because I look uh, Fish and Riley, best tag team in WWE, NXT, right. whatever. Right now, love them. Mike. Oh, dude, I'm on fucking fire. That yeah. between just all the other talent and everything they're doing, Finn, like it's it's absolutely fantastic. I, I I'm gonna say I'm on fire too. And Keith Lee, I I am I'm going to bask in his glory. That guy is fucking amazing, and he has made. Some of the most entertaining matches over the last couple weeks of NXT. Uh, if you have not had a chance to watch his matches with Dominic Dijakovic uh, or his match in the, the <laughs> match that they had with with Roderick Strong for the for the North American Championship, go out of your way to watch them because they are some of the most fun matches you'll see. And that guy is fucking huge, and he can do some amazing things. All right, Dynamite, Kevin. Um, hot just because Chris Jericho's jacket was awesome. All right, Mike. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm going to go cold just because I, I, I still don't give a shit. <laughs> like they've done okay. nothing to reel me in. All right. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of warm getting hot. I, I'm going to talk about one segment quick, and I didn't mention it earlier because the takeaway from the John Moxley thing. But there's a, a segment, I think it was two weeks ago, when Cody basically went to confront the inner circle when they were up in a press box. Did you see this, Kevin? Yes. <laughs> okay. You know where I'm going with this. So Cody, Cody calls out, like, MJF comes out to have his back, which I have a problem with because Cody's supposed to be a face. MJF's supposed to be the heel of the century, and he's hanging out with faces. But then he also called out DDP and his brother, which, my God, dude, like, they're so fucking old. Like, let's get some new talent out there. But anyway, so Cody Rhodes goes up to the, to the, to the press box, and Jericho is inside of it, and he shuts the door. So Cody takes MJF's scarf punches the window and breaks it open to get in there and starts fighting, right? So they spill out into the concessions area, okay? Chris Jericho, and I don't know if this was a plant or if this dude, if this just happened to be like the most heads-up move Chris Jericho's ever had, but as he's falling into the concession area, there's a guy walking to the curtain on crutches, and Chris falls down, but then grabs the crutch away from this guy yes. who's now left with one crutch to <laughs> balance himself up. And Chris starts using the crutch to beat up Cody. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I can't figure out if that was... It was if if it was a plant, it was so well done. It was it was greatly done, and then probably the greatest call in wrestling history as they work over to the Dippin' Dots booth, and Cody is shoving Jericho's head in the Dippin' Dots, and Jim Ross goes, "By God, they're gonna they're gonna break the Dippin' Dots." <laughs> <laughs> Like what the fuck? It was such a it was such a great segment though. I loved it, and uh, you know they followed Jer- it up. Jer- with- Jericho kept going. I have a ticket. Remember yeah, that? right. <laughs> that's like a new. Sh- that's like a new shirt he has now too. So the little bit of bubbly. It's, right. it's, just, it's like his face is all squished, and he's got like a ticket holding up. Like I have a ticket. I have a ticket. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. So basically, it's warm. Still, some kind of dumb stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, and you know, last week's episode had a little bit of that with the contract signing and stuff like that. That was that was all a little weird, but and I, yeah. I actually think last week's episode was I don't say like it was bad, but like it was probably like the worst of their episodes. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say I'd probably agree with that. It was it was just done really weird, but all right. So moving on to SmackDown, Kevin. Uh, hot this week, uh, like Mike said, best show they've had. What whether. Obviously, the NXT helped out big time, but hot big time just because a the segment with Shawn Michaels and yeah. Triple H, I just thought it was so funny because it was real quick and stupid. But uh, Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan match was fucking awesome. Yeah, Mike. Oh yeah, this week it was definitely hot. Like having NXT stars on there probably helped significantly. Um, so thanks, Saudi Prince, for that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely one of the better SmackDowns. Yeah, dude, Triple H or uh, tr- not Triple H? How about the Miz fucking uh, taking shots at uh, Tommaso Ciampa on the mic? They're like, man, I expected better of you. I expected you to come out and like really kind of slay me, and you didn't. Like, he is not pulling any punches. I love this version of the Miz because he's he's kind of like not a f- he's kind of like working his way out of the face and still <laughs> kind of being he's just kind of being a dick, which I like. <laughs> But uh, but I thought his their match was pretty good. The um and then of course the um Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan was really good. How about dude Daniel Bryan 
give like giving a clean win to Adam Cole on WWE TV, like he really like out of anybody is willing to put younger talent over and help build up like younger talent, and that is I think that's fucking awesome. I mean, he so surprised you that was Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I expected I expected it to be kind of a smudge or like maybe the maybe the um, the NXT superstars kind of rush the ring and you know start kind of taking over or whatever. I didn't expect the finish to happen the way that it did, and I thought it was a great match. It was a really good finish, and you know, big ups to Adam Cole, baby, for baby. Uh, for getting a, getting a clean win over a former WWE champion on SmackDown. I mean, that's that's. Huge I mean. For him. Granted, yeah, it is huge, but I'm not surprised at all that D. Bright was cool with it. Because I mean, oh no, I'm not either. I mean, it's, it's just fucking it Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Like he's yeah. all about like the future. He's he's not about to have John Cena syndrome and be like, oh no, I'm I'm the fucking face of WWE. Fuck you. No, we didn't. We, I, they they just need more guys. Like Daniel mindset, and I think I think if they get more people with that kind of mindset, it's going to do a lot for the business. So, oh, 100 percent. All right, so quickly, let's get into a history lesson with our historian, Kevin. What do you got for historian. us? Historian. <laughs> yeah, historian. Historian. Yeah, I, I, I almost said something else, Shirtash. and then I recovered. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh all right, so today's kind of just like a this day in history. And uh, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to Jason's oldest daughter. Happy birthday today, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll pass that along to her. Um, so, like, today, actually quite a bit happened today in history on November. Well, we're recording on November 2nd, so I'm just kind of going off of November 2nd. Mm-hmm. So, 21 years ago today, the Hardcore Championship was introduced. Really? Yes, it huh. was. What year was that? Uh, be 1998. Wow. All right. 21 years ago today. Um, also on this day in history, the WWF at the time actually settled their lawsuit with uh Owen Hart's wife, Martha. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> and then uh, also today was the. The infamous Daniel Pewter and Kurt Angle incident on SmackDown. You guys oh, remember what yeah. I'm talking about? When yeah, he, uh, I did not. Um, so Daniel Pewter, who I believe was kind of a UFC fighter, he was on one of the first seasons of Tough Enough. He, Kurt Angle had this like little challenge match on SmackDown, and Pewter came out and kind of shot on him. So they kind of got into like a shoot fight. And he wasn't basically in a nutshell, wasn't really smartened up to it. And uh, he ended up taking <laughs> Kurt Angle down. Yeah. So he kind of made like Angle like look into like a bit, look like a bitch in front of everybody. And he actually like, um, uh, what was it? He, he got Angle like in a Kimura lock and like nearly was like about to break his arm. So like he, uh, Angle was like on the verge of like having to tap out in front of everybody, so like they didn't want that to obviously happen because they want Angle to be like the badass. So they got into like this big, like huge thing or whatever. So it was just like kind of a you can look it up on YouTube, Mike. Yeah, and Angle had to roll him up. Like they actually were match, and Angle had to like while he was in the Kimura, he had to shift his weight so it kind of pinned Peter's shoulders down, and the referee did a quick count. 
to Which get was him. Who was Earl Hebner too, by the way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. He had to do. He had to do a quick count to get him out of the hole because he legit was about to break the uh, angles arm. Damn. So, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. That was definitely an interesting one. So that was good. You got another one, or is that it? Well, and then also to finish up, Peter actually ended up like he got like a lot of popularity of it. He's the one actually won tough enough. Oh that yeah, that's year. right. And Miz was on that season too. Yeah, and, and then he, that's the guy he beat was the yeah. Miz in the finals. And also on this day, we'll, we'll go back to sadness. Uh, the fabulous Mula passed away. Oh wow! So just... quite quite a bit happened on November second. Yeah. All right. In in uh, wrestling. Well, thank you very much for that history lesson. We definitely appreciate that. So kind of gets everybody talking a little bit. So you can definitely interact with our show on social media. You can tweet us at Live Your Gimmick. That's L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. We have a Twitter and Instagram, but we're really bad about putting shit on Instagram. M-O-U-S-E. M-O-U-S-E. Sorry. Funny. Gimmick, man. Gimmick, man. All right. And then also... <laughs> so we're, we're gonna try and clean the show mike, up and mike is back yeah mike is back. <laughs> if you haven't been able to tell we, we missed him a couple weeks ago the uh, audience missed him too you can tell that his friends didn't listen so uh, <laughs> that's the last time I, that's the last time i'm gonna put in the title of the show that you're not on it so um <laughs> you check out everything media junkie has on social media checking us out at media junkie vids you can tweet at us at Live Your Gimmick. Uh, you can also check out the other podcast that we have called The Fanboy Fight Club. Michael and I are both on that show. Uh, you can check us out at Fanboy Fight Club and listen to all the fun stuff that we have going on there. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash media junkie. Mike sells t-shirts sometimes. You got anything going out right now? Um, I, Right now, no. However, anybody's listening, listen to the next episode of Fanboy Fight Club. We're going to have a huge announcement about some uh, t-shirts that are going to be coming up. Okay, that's what you're talking about. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, are you going to be designing uh, George Miles t-shirts anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And that is what we refer to as a callback. All right. So thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, please subscribe, share. If you have Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I appreciate anybody that listened. And uh, please, again, tweet us your feedback at L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Go ahead, Mike. M O U S E. Thank you guys for listening. What were you saying, Kevin? That's all, folks. Is it cutting out again? No. No, he's just stuttering. There's a difference. Oh, my God. No, I was just saying, leave us some feedback. Do you want more or less wrestling of my jackets for next week? That's all I got, folks. All right. All that build up just for that. Just I'm, sure for that answer, joke. I'm sure the answer is going to be more. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Remember, remember to be a fan. Yeah, make it. Good night, everybody. M-O-U-S-E.